Jetzt spricht der Führer. Als unsere Partei gerade sieben Mann hoch war, sprach sie schon zwei Grundsätze aus. Erstens, sie wollte eine wahrhaftige Weltanschauungspartei sein. Zweitens, sie wollte daher kompromisslos die einzige Macht und alleinige Macht in Deutschland. Hello, and welcome to the Third Reich History Podcast. My name is Ryan Stackhouse. And I'm Chris Osmer. And together we'll be your co-hosts and guides to the latest books and newest ideas about the history of the Third Reich. Given that this is our first episode and it's a new podcast, we figured we'd take the time to introduce you to what we're all about here, as well as the first project that we'll be tackling with the podcast before ending with a little bit of background about Chris and myself. So the title is self-explanatory. Chris and I are both professional historians, and that means that there is a mountain of material that we are constantly reading through to stay current on our area of research specialization, which for both of us is the Third Reich, the Nazis. And we found that it's a lot easier to actually sit down and take the time to do that reading if you know that there's going to be a discussion afterward. And also that a lot of the discussions we were having were quite interesting and uh, would probably be of interest to other people who either don't have the time or the inclination to sit down and just, you know, drink from the fire hose of the never-ending font of material that exists on the Nazis. So, since we're both researchers in this field, uh, this gives us an opportunity to talk about the books that are relevant to our latest research projects and bounce around the ideas that are coming out of those discussions, and we're looking forward to sharing it with you. Provided we don't put them off, uh, perhaps some of our colleagues might consent to be uh, interviewed about their own research and uh, recent publications as well. But we'll we'll see what happens with that as as the podcast develops. The first project that we're going to tackle is related to the so-called end phase of the Third Reich. Now, to historians, that means the last ten or so months of the Nazi regime as it was collapsing. Depending on how you date it, it either begins around tw on 20 July 1944 after the assassination attempt against Hitler or the August-September period as you either get the, the Falaise Gap collapsing in Normandy or the Allies arriving in, 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 on the German border in Germany at Aachen, not to be specific or anything, right? But uh, the, there's an issue with the definition of end phase that we are hoping to explore with our article. It, it is actually a legal term that was developed after the war to refer to all of the crimes against humanity, whether it's, you know, hangings or torture or, uh, you know, arbitrary execution, these kind of state sanctioned violence, uh, that was connected with the collapse of the political system in Germany. The issue is that a legal definition after the Nuremberg trials, which treats everybody as equal, doesn't necessarily reflect the way that the Nazis were dealing with the population, right? The Nazis were very definite 
and open about the discrimination between different groups, whether it be based on their ethnicity or on their political leanings. And so because of the way that the legal definition of the end phase and crimes associated with the end phase is constructed, you're, it's treating all everything the Nazis did as equal. And that's not to say that what happened was not horrific or, or wrong, but it is to say that it may not reflect how the regime was actually dealing with different groups of people at different times over this 10-month period. You just end up presently with more or less a black box of terror. The assassination attempt against Hitler occurs, and then terror against everybody all the time. And so we there is some research that is beginning to explore the complexity of that within the last few years. And we are hoping to be part of that process. So for our first project, we'll be going through a lot of the, the recent literature on the end phase and discussing our own findings as historians specifically of the secret state police. So a bit about us. My name, as I said before, is Ryan Stackhouse. I'm a recent graduate of Florida State University, where I was a Walbolt Fellow and had the opportunity to work with some world-class scholars of both modern Germany and the Enlightenment. And my research deals with how Hitler's secret state police treated average Germans. I started studying history because I needed to know how a cultured country like Germany could provoke the most destructive war in recent history and perpetrate the Holocaust. To that end, I specialize in modern Germany with all of my research focused on, on Nazism. Uh, when I was back casting around for a research topic for my master's, I kept finding that terror, as we all know, is, is a very prominent explanation for why Germans went along with Hitler. Essentially, the idea is that they were either brainwashed by propaganda or coerced into obeying the regime against their will. And when I actually got down into policing, I, I figured if, if terror is such an important explanation for why a dictatorship functions that way, then I should really understand how terror works for the population. And the closer and closer I got to the actual day-to-day -day enforcement and policing of all of the laws that dictatorships have about expression of opinion and control of information, I found that terror played much less of a role than a lot of the traditional historiography emphasized. So more recent scholarship talks more about this idea of the, the Nazis as a consensus dictatorship or a popular dictatorship rather than a totalitarian dictatorship in, in the sense that Hannah Arendt first talked about in the 1950s, where it's sort of terror from above means people obey. And uh, a lot of my research is focused on on just what the day-to-day -day realities for Germans who, say, criticize the government or listen to foreign radio broadcasts meant. So that's me. And uh, now through the magic of technology, I believe that Chris will join us. That's right. Here I am through the wonders of technology. It just goes to show that we really do live in the future as much as Ryan and I may try our best to live in the past. So I'm Chris Osmer, and I too am a historian of Nazi Germany. I'm a longtime student and Martin Weg Fellow at Florida State University, approaching the end of my graduate career. And the Third Reich is something that has always 
really interested me and and I've had trouble explaining what exactly it is about Nazism and Nazi Germany that I find so compelling and I think that it's that for a long time I've held a perhaps misguided belief or borderline faith the people are basically good and and that's why I find Nazism so fascinating it's a clear challenge to this belief and I want to understand why people could be so brutal to one another and while Ryan is engaged in this question of how the Gestapo employed terror against Germans I'm more interested in how the Gestapo dealt with foreigners who lived within Germany particularly foreign forced laborers so people who were brought to Germany and compelled to work for the regime and what I'm working on is trying to explain the transformation in the way that the Gestapo treated foreigners at the end of the war so earlier on there was a pretty large contingent of foreigners particularly those from the East who were living in Germany under conditions that were tantamount to slavery so they had little food uh, worked long hours lived confined to camps and you know if they were lucky maybe they uh, they had a straw mattress to sleep on at night but so long as they complied with the rules laid out for them they could expect to be spared from any kind of extreme violence but near the end of the war these foreign workers were increasingly subjected to some quite violent treatment including executions and later mass executions so what I explore in my work is how the contingencies of the war affected the way that the Gestapo and firms employing foreign workers understood these foreigners in their midst and understood the the threat that they perceived these foreigners to pose to them and how this understanding propelled the Gestapo and the Nazi security apparatus to be more and more violent towards foreigners living and working in Germany. And I'm also particularly interested in the genealogy of this violence, where it came from, what the deep history of it was. Uh, and in this connection, uh, I'm very curious about the way that the German and the wider European colonial experience before the war, before the First World War, shaped the way that Germans saw foreigners first in the occupied territories and later within Germany itself once it became a war zone. And as we consider some of this excellent literature on the end phase of the war, I think that you're going to find that Ryan and I complement each other uh, fairly well as we both bring our specialization on different population groups in Germany, the German and the foreigner, into the discussion. The last thing to talk about before drawing our introductory episode of the Third Reich History Podcast to a close is the introduction that we put together for the series. It consists of three parts, each of which represents a different aspect of National Socialism. The first, the background music, is the party anthem, the horse vessel lead. The second is the speech delivered by Hitler at the 1934 Nuremberg Party Rally, the title of which is The Oath, I Struggle. And the third are the high points of 
the February 1943 speech delivered by the propaganda minister, Josef Goebbels, the landmark total war speech. So why did we choose each of these things? Well, the first, the actual music, the, the party anthem, on the one hand, it is just the party anthem, but it also tells us something about the origins of the movement. So Horst Vessel was an SA leader. This would be a Sturmabteilung leader or a stormtrooper leader. The, these would be the brown shirts, the beer hall brawling paramilitary wing of the Nazi party. And the opening lyrics of the song are the, the flag raised high, the ranks closed tightly. Now, the song was written by Horst Vessel as sort of a fight song when the brown shirts would go out into the streets and get into street fights with the communist Red Combat League. So these street fights were all part and parcel of the social disorder of the late 1920s that was one of the contributing factors that led the, the middle classes, portions of the working class, and, de and definitely the industrialists eventually after, after Hitler kind of reeled in the revolutionary rhetoric to throw their lot in with the Nazis, and which contributed to Hitler's rise to power, this uh, attempt to restore law and order and check the disorder in the streets. The second part of the introduction is this quote from Hitler from this 1934 party speech. So roughly translated, he is saying, when we were still only a party of seven people, we decided that we would be a party based on two principles. First, that we wanted to be a party with a worldview. And second, that we wanted to wield absolute and uncompromised power in Germany. Obviously, this is important for understanding the nature of National Socialism as a sort of encompassing ideology, an encompassing worldview that was intended to regulate every aspect of somebody's life. It was something that extended into your private life and expected you to adhere to certain standards as set by their politics. Now, this quote really gives us some insight into Nazism as an ideology or a worldview, as Hitler puts it. It's an ideology that aims at absolute power, not just politically as it was gradually revealed, but also over the entire way that society was organized, what its values were, and this eventually even extended into the private sphere. Your, your private life was to be regulated according to the tenets of this worldview. So in this sense, Hitler's quote really tells us something about the nature of the regime, and is, this was particularly the case as we moved towards the end of the war, where it, it tried harder and harder to regulate the private lives of Germans in order to ensure that it could remain in power and, and hold on to that grasp on power. The third part comes from the landmark, as I said, 1943, February 1943, total war speech delivered by Goebbels after defeat at the Battle of Stalingrad. And Stalingrad is generally acknowledged to be the turning point of the war. It's when the Soviets managed to encircle the entire German Sixth Army still inside the city of Stalingrad and they lost roughly 300,000 seasoned troops that had been around for a long time. Now, the total war speech was delivered on the heels of this defeat in February 1943. Goebbels gathered together hand-picked representatives of German society, you know, drawn from every class uh, of, and every profession in the Berlin Sport Palace, 
where he delivered this famous speech in front of him with this giant banner that was emblazoned with total war, shortest war. The two highlights from the speeches are when he poses his famous question to the German people. Do you want a war more radical than can yet be imagined? Volt ihr den totalen Krieg? Do you want total war? To which the crowd responds with a roar of approval and thunderous applause. And then the second part, which is drawn with inspiration from the Napoleonic Wars, where he says, Nun Volk steh auf und Sturm bricht los. Now, people stand up and storm break loose. Now, this speech is representative of the radicalization of the regime as it moved towards the end of the war. It started to regulate life more and more and trotted out harsher and harsher consequences for nonconformity as defeat loomed ever closer. And so this radicalization is, is one of the major themes that we are dealing with or will be dealing with with this podcast. And again, really representative of the regime. So it seemed appropriate to include in the introduction. With that, we'd like to thank you for joining us for this introductory episode of the Third Reich History Podcast. We hope to see you next time when we will be discussing Ian Kershaw's The End, the defiance and destruction of Hitler's Germany, 1944 to 1945. Until then.